When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, Mackie and Judd production. It's bonus scoop time with our buddy Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and of course also the Scoop Master here at Score North. You can hear him on uh, his own Scoop podcast, and then Tuesdays we have the bonus scoop. Thursday we have the Mackie and Judd scoop. And welcome to the show, as always, Doogie. I want to start with this. Um, in the last couple hours, I've seen that you've had some tweets from Access with Gerson Rosas, uh, the Wolves' president of basketball operations. And I'm sure he was asked about the potential of trades and probably Ben Simmons in particular, although I'm going to guess he didn't address that one. Well, yeah. Good afternoon, Judd. Good to see you, Declan Gerson, making the rounds today, Tuesday. Did some radio interviews, hosted a few of us on a Zoom. Yes, he was asked about trade talks. No, he was not asked specifically about Ben Simmons, not that he could address right. specifically the interest in Ben Simmons. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. He just, he pretty much reiterated what we've talked about for many weeks that the path for them to really improve this roster mm-hmm. this summer is via the trade route. Now, they will have a little bit of free agent flexibility. I talked to Chris Finch about this last week. I can see them bringing in a free agent. I can see them bringing in an undrafted free agent, something they've done the last couple of years, Nas Reed. Ashton Higgins. So I think after the draft later this month, we'll end up signing somebody likely to a two-way deal, maybe a guy that eventually has a chance to help them, not necessarily this year. But for them to make a leap from bottom two, bottom three of the Western Conference into the top 10, maybe even higher, right? That should be the goal. Whether they state that or not, that absolutely should be the internal goal next year and external. Every fan should have that expectation that this core is a playoff core as soon as next season. So for them to improve this roster, a roster that still needs all sorts of work, the best path to doing so is via a trade. So Gerson said, hey, being in Chicago around a lot of executives, every front office had... You know, the highest of highs in terms of, you know, pecking order of their front office. They were all there. So seeds were planted in Chicago two weeks ago at the Combine. Now this week brings these draft workouts here in the Twin Cities starting on Thursday. Upwards of about 45 draft prospects will be in town. Pretty much guys, I'm not saying zero first-round picks. There might be a guy that crawls into the late 20s, early 30s, cracks the first round. But we're talking about a lot of second-round picks, guys that actually won't get drafted. So 
the thing is, in that regard, it's not like teams are sending a lot of high-level executives to town. Now, I did hear last week Brad Stevens, who's number one in charge of the Boston Celtics, said he was coming. Now, that could be fluid. I guess we'll wait and see if he does indeed come to town. But, like, I can tell you, Philadelphia specifically, when thinking about Ben Simmons, Daryl Morey? Daryl Morey is not coming to town. Oh, his, Elton Brand it's his loss. is not coming to town. His loss, too. That being said, yeah. it's not like trade talks can't happen. Right. Picking up the phone, Gerson and Daryl have a long-standing relationship. They probably text. Yeah, they text and do all that. So it's not like Daryl Morey needs to be in town for trade talks to hit a peak. Gerson will pick up the phone and just talk to Daryl. So it's really not that big of a deal. But I know people are curious about that. So just know that most teams are sending, like, Totem pole wise, mm-hmm. you know, guy number five in their front office, guy number six in their front office. But that, that person can pass on messages then to get back to the head honcho. Well, sure. If yeah. person wants to say, hey, have your guy give me a call. Absolutely. So, yeah, maybe in terms of, yeah, a sense of urgency in that regard. Mm-hmm. Sure. As opposed to waiting for somebody to get back to you. Yeah, maybe things speed up ever so slightly, but. Make no mistake about this. Gerson will continue to engage in trade talks. I'm positive there's interest in Ben Simmons. Nothing has changed on that front. There's been enough steam on Miles Turner. Like, if they can't land Ben, it's not like it's Ben or bust. I mean, Miles Turner right. would absolutely help them. Now, Indiana hiring Rick Carlisle, that's interesting. Are they now chasing more of a, hey, we can win next year? The Eastern Conference will be wide open enough. Yeah. We don't need to blow this thing up. You know, so if we move miles, like, what are we getting back? Can that return help us immediately? So those are internal conversations the Pacers are having, but I'm positive his name is out there. And, yeah, the Wolves have interest in Miles Turner. Dukes, do you have a sense that bids have been made on on Ben, though? Like, as far as the, the back and forth between the potential candidates, let's say it's Minnesota, Portland, you know, two more. Do you think that the Sixers have heard first offers from teams? Well, I'll tell you this much. I don't sense the Wolves have made a first offer. Okay, that's important. But there are some reports out there. There's one credible reporter that put it out there last week, and with the 4th of July, it probably got lost in the shuffle, that Indiana put an offer on the table of Malcolm Brogdon plus a first-round pick. Okay. That's not bad. Like, I'm a Brogdon fan. Now, I guess it depends on what you think of Brogdon, but... That's not horrible. Like, I'm not quite sure Philly is going to do a ton better than that, but the steam is Philly instantly said no. So now, what, why would you accept that right now? Why right. not leverage it a bit more? Exactly. Now, who knows? Maybe ultimately they do strike a deal with the Pacers, but that you wouldn't say yes to that immediate offer. And I don't have that steam myself. That's a national report that's out there, a credible reporter. But it's interesting because it I don't sets, have that. Because, it's, because that at least sort of sets the parameters for what the starting point is. Well, which is an important step. I've always thought that the starting point with the Wolves would include multiple future first round picks. I also found it interesting that Gerson, unsolicited this morning, brought up sign in trades. Mm. And I just started to think, okay. Like, I think Jalen Suggs is going to Toronto at pick four. And they have Fred Van Vliet. Doesn't make sense for Kyle Lowry to be back with the Raptors. I just think one way or another doesn't mean that it's Minnesota, Toronto, Philadelphia. Yep. But I just, I can't help but think if Kyle Lowry somehow ends up in Philadelphia this summer via a sign-in trade. Yep. 
and Ben Simmons ends up elsewhere. And Mackie loves the the Philly Philadelphia Sports Network um, proposed trade that came up after you floated out the Wolves' interest in Simmons, which he ran through this morning, which is Lowry goes from Toronto to Philadelphia, Beasley, Nas Reed, and a Wolves 2024 first-round pick go to the Sixers. The Raptors end up with Rubio's expiring contract for next season, Jarek Culver and the Wolves' 2022 first-round pick, and Ben Simmons comes here. So th- that would definitely involve a sign-and-trade well, for Kyle and Lowry, so that, that supports your point. If you're the Wolves and you can retain Jaden McDaniels, you're not moving Anthony Edwards, we know that. You continue to have D'Angelo Russell, the idea is to combine Simmons with Russell. Cat isn't going anywhere, right? I think like those are the parameters we are talking about right mm-hmm. now you know could it be tweaked if somebody says hey we really liked what we saw from Balmaro playing for for Argentina in the Olympics sure right if if a trade doesn't happen here in the next couple of weeks or a lot of league people are out in Vegas this week Chris Finch is out in Vegas this week so he won't be at the draft workouts he's going out to Vegas to watch Anthony Edwards Nas Reed but Balmaro Argentina is training out there you know so I mean he can go see a bunch of his guys out there like, could somebody fall in love with Balmaro and say, okay, forget the 2024 first-round pick, add in Balmaro? Or if somebody says, hey, we do really like Jaden McDaniels. But that's what we're talking about, right? It's it's at least one future first-round pick and a good or intriguing young piece, or it's two future first-round picks. Then you make the money work, right? And, I mean, you could argue Nas Reed is an intriguing young prospect, right? I mean, yeah. he's included in that proposal, but I think if – if you end up with Ben Simmons and you can keep your core together, you do it. If it's at the cost of Nas Reed, so be it. So, Jared Culver, I mean, he's more just a matchup money, although all it takes is one former number six overall pick. Yeah, but I'm sure one team would say, yeah, there's something salvageable there. Let's, let's bring him in. But it's not like Jared Culver has all sorts of appeal. Ricky Rubio has appeal because he's on an expiring contract. Dukes. What's your sense? Because I, I don't think we've drilled down a lot on this, and it's a pretty important question because it certainly could come up in trade talks. What's your sense about Rosas and the Wolves' feeling about Delo? Because we've talked about the potential that the Sixers or a team could ask for, for him back. And I think a lot of us have assumed, oh, if that's the case, they'll probably still do it. But the more I think about it, I'm like, I'm not positive. They, they went to a lot of work to get him, gave up a lot to get him, and, and definitely see him or can considered him for quite a while, if not still, to be a cornerstone. What is your sense about where, if the Sixers bring up D'Lo, that would lead? I mean, so Ben is coming back here, but D'Lo yeah, has to go out right, so specifically right. for Ben? Because we, we talked about that at first, that it would almost certainly be him. And I think in recent weeks, we've sort of backed off that. But if the Sixers said, we want D'Lo and X back, or and you know that would be sending them a lot. But I just don't know, would Gerson, as much as he loves to trade, would he want to make a trade that sacrifices a piece that he went to a lot of work to get? And as far as I know, still is tied into Cat. I don't know how closely, but they definitely at one time were very close. They still are pretty close. Like D'Angelo has a basketball camp coming up here pretty quick in Louisville or somewhere in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Cat is expected to make an appearance at this camp. So, I mean, they have that sort of relationship where D'Angelo can say, hey, Cat, I'm hosting this camp for for a bunch of kids. Can you come in for a day? Cat says, yes, I'll be there. So the relationship is pretty good. I don't have the definitive answer to your inquiry. I will tell you this much. Uh 
Gerson's interest in D'Angelo goes back many years. It goes back to when he was in, in the Rockets front office. They made the run at him in, what was that, 19, the summer of 19 with the helicopter ride and all that, even though to this day I still don't know how they were going to create the cap space to make a move work. That part of the story uh, it really hasn't been told, and I think it hasn't been told because I just don't know what the path was for them creating enough space to outright sign him. But anyway... They went to unbelievable lengths to recruit Russell then. My sense is Gerson really likes D'Angelo, that he wants to see this thing through a bit more, that that he's not moving D'Angelo. Like, if you're asking me, D'Angelo here or not here, come, it looks like the preseason opener will be, like, October 3rd. Like, the Lakers released their preseason schedule today, preseason opener, like, October 2nd or October 3rd. Really not that far from now. Is that really necessary? Yeah, well... Everything's sped up, right? We're no, not know, used to everything happening cut back here. back to preseason games. In late July, summer league, you know, second week of August. I mean, just with the calendar, the way it shook out post-COVID or the during COVID. The finals are starting tonight. I know. Yeah, it's all. Let's have some common sense here. Yeah. These guys don't need to be playing that much. And just quickly. It's all aggressive. Just a quick but aside. I'm just telling you, like, it's happening really fast. So what I'm getting at is I see Russell here. When the Wolves open up the preseason, okay. the first week of October, yes. when they open training camp, the last week of September, yeah. I see Russell right here with the Wolves. And guys are going to go play in the Olympics, which I think is ridiculous. God bless the Olympics, but my God, I don't want my players playing and then coming back here and basically starting training camp. Well, I'll give you an interesting scenario there. So, Chris Middleton said he's in. Chris Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, said he's in. Is Drew Holiday also in? So, three players. Middleton is for sure, yeah. In the finals, in for just the United States team. I'm not right. talking right, right, right. any of the international flavor. Canada is out of the Wiggins was good the other day. But what I'm getting at is if Anthony Edwards impresses enough in Vegas, you know, I could see them plucking somebody from the select team. It may not necessarily be Edwards himself, but just an interesting scenario to think about, which I hadn't thought about until Chris Finch brought it up to me last week. So I, I talked to Chris for about 35 minutes over Zoom. He brought that up. I mean, I brought up the U.S. select team, but then he took it a step further saying, hey, there is that possibility that whether it's Edwards or somebody else, that they have a chance to actually go to Tokyo. So just something to think about because I'm with you. Like, let's say this series goes six or seven. I think Phoenix wins, but I can see it going six or seven. I just saw Giannis was upgraded to questionable for tonight. Now maybe he doesn't play game one, but maybe he plays game two, game three. I can see the series going six or seven games. Really? Like Drew and Chris? I don't want you going. and Chris, are they really the Bucks, going then over to Tokyo? I'm, I'm paying you to play for the Milwaukee Bucks, not the United and States And Chris Paul's about to opt out, out right? Now, probably yeah. re-signs with Phoenix, but, you know, there's steam about New York and the Lakers wanting him. Like, if you're entering the free agent market, if you're Chris Paul, are you really going to Tokyo? No. So I think they'll, they'll end up being a roster spot probably open. So just something to think about if Anthony Edwards maybe ends up in Tokyo. The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the Pro Shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Midwakatinsu community. All right, more scoopage, twins. Well, I mean, it takes two to tango, right? Three weeks from Friday, 3 p.m. Central. Yeah, they're still open for business. I I still, what did I say a couple weeks ago? Over under one and a half trades? 
Yeah, I, and I think I'd probably take the over, but like anybody expecting some sort of massive fire sale. Like I saw one report, was it from SMY in New York about Josh Donaldson, some yes. Mets interest? Him and Barrios. I don't think Combined. that's true. I don't think Barrios is being true. And they traded. have good sources, but I don't well, sense that's that's accurate. Donaldson pre-injury on Saturday, I could actually see. I've convinced myself I don't think they're trading Barrios. I don't think they're trading Barrios either. Just I talked to Falvey for a while a couple weeks ago. Right, we talked on camera, Zoom. We talked off for a little bit. I just, and I get it. Like we get lied to, we get lied to a lot. But like, I just, I got the sense leaving that conversation yep. that he really does feel like this is more my verbiage, but that this is a blip. Yep. That they can rebound in a pretty big way in 2022. So if you're rebounding in a big way in 2022, isn't Brios in the opening day rotation? And if it goes south, if it goes haywire. Then you make a move in July. Like, look at the Cubs. How many pending free agents do the Chicago Cubs have right now? Brian and Rizzo. And now they lost 10 consecutive and games. And Baez and Kimbrough. I think uh, there's a club option, but he's yeah. he's trade bait. Yeah. So if you're the Cubs at this point, if you're Jed Hoyer, you probably pivot and say, yeah, okay, we're not winning the Central. The Reds are above us. The Brewers are above us. We're not doing it. Okay, it's time to trade at least some of these guys. So if you're the Twins, take that same approach mm-hmm. where you can move Barrios at the trade deadline a year from now. The one thing we also don't know that baseball people know is this. If you are shopping Barrios and you want a return predicated on you're going to get him for the stretch run 2021 and all of 22, and then his contract's up, if I know that I'm not going to be playing baseball, let's say, till July of 22 because of a lockout or, God forbid, lose the entire season, if I'm the Mets, am I paying the price? Am I going to pay? Because my guess is that when it's all said and done, contracts won't toll. They'll come up with, uh, if if you were scheduled to be a free agent, even if you don't play in 22, your contract's up, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting gonna, negotiating point, right? right? If if you're the owners trying to wrap up a deal, yep. you probably throw them that lifeline. Exactly. I'm with you on that. So if I throw them that lifeline, if I'm the Mets and I'm almost positive that we're not going to baseball for a long time in 22, I'm not going to pay what Falvey almost certainly wants back which is another season of of service that might not occur. Agreed. That's the elephant in the room, and we've talked about it, but I don't know if it's getting enough It's not getting enough attention because people don't don't love the negative like I do, Doogie. Well, but it's also you being a realist. Like, we know that the two sides just, there's not synergy there, to to say it mildly. They're headed for a lockout. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's headed that way. So the question is, can they resolve their issues by... Mid to late February, even early March, yep. speed up a spring training, start the season by mid to late do you April. How many issues there are, Dukes? There are so many and, issues, and plus the the thing. So many. The thing is, and, and it's a parallel to the 2005 hockey lockout, which cost the league an entire year. I think it was 2004 or five. Which is this? There's issues off the field, but there's major issues on the field that are going to have to be solved. I mean, baseball. I think when baseball comes back, it's going to have a different look. Like I, I think, well, I think it shifts, needs a different look. It does, in but, so many different but, ways. But you will need to collectively bargain that shifts are outlaw. I mean, they're they're gonna have to collectively bargain a lot of things that are gonna change the face of the game itself because it it, it basically its life depends on that. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be clear enough when Shohei Otani is doing what he is doing, and it's seen as this nice story. My God, can you imagine if this was the NBA or something like that or football? Well, I mean, Major League Baseball for so many years has failed miserably to market its superstars. And but I mean, people should be glumming onto this. Period. I agree. Dukes, I agree. I mean, I... we're diehards, but yeah, there are a lot of casual baseball fans that just don't realize the brilliance of Otani. It's yeah. unfortunate. But I mean, when I was nineteen, 
I saw Bo Jackson, and that was the biggest story in sports. And this is like that, like this ultra, this unbelievable athlete. And a lot of what Bo Jackson was a big deal for was baseball, not just football. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, there's just so much. So I really do think that we are in are in jeopardy of losing a good portion, if not all, of 2022. Well, and I mean, we can go up and down the list, but like pace of play. And it's yeah. not like the Twins are alone. I was on BaseballReference.com the other day. The Twins are like in the middle, right? I mean, on average, it's, it's three the, hours no, and 13 minutes. People just twins. don't have the time to invest, right? Like these games are so long. Yep. Even Droogie, my 10-year-old, who's a diehard, it's hard for him to sit through three and a half hours it's of a major league game. Sit through. I don't blame it's him. It's just, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, he plays and there's a lot of action, right? Like he's used to action. Right. It's typically one of three outcomes, right? Home run or more so strikeout or walk. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a change a little bit the last few weeks, but yeah, it's just it's not a great product. And I love the sport, but it's a great sport. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to figure out. So that does come up. And that's why, yeah, I see Barrios here on July 31st. I see Buxton here on July 31st. I think I also see Taylor Rogers here. I agree with that. On July 31st. But pending free agents, you know, Nelson Cruz, he should be okay. He's got this cough right now, but he should be okay. Heck, the White Sox, the team in town right now, they could use a DH. Well, big time. He's a pending free agent. I mean, if the White Sox right. make the best offer, fine. I tried hey, Nelly, go to Chicago. Yep. And I'd root for him in Chicago. And he'd love it. I love the guy. He's great. He's great at what? Guaranteed rate field now, Comiskey. Mm-hmm. He's great there. Yeah, no, I would. And Tampa remains. I mean, I've brought that up before, but Tampa has had interest in Nelly, this front office in Tampa, for multiple years. They have to shift some things around, like Austin Meadows is DHing. They have Mark Go. I talked to Nick Anderson, Rays reliever, about this last week for a name drop. You know, he mentioned, I mean, they have a Rosarena and they have Kiermeyer and they have Margot. Mm-hmm. That's their outfield. And then Meadows has been DHing. So, I mean, you'd have to shift some things around. Meadows can play the field. You know, but then you're taking somebody out of the lineup. But right. it's Nelson Cruz. Like, I think if you're Tampa, you want Nelson Cruz not only to help you the rest of this year, maybe make a run, try to usurp the Red Sox for for the division title, the American League East, but also to make a run, a deep run in October. So I mean, the Rays, the White Sox, Oakland's been thrown out there, the Blue Jays to some extent. You like, hate Oakland. There will be some sort of market for Nelly, so you need to move Nelly. I think they can get something back for Robles, but like, don't expect the moon for. A reliever, a pending free agent reliever, but they can move Robles. Painful to watch. And the Reds, uh, their GM is on the record as of 24 hours ago. They will buy. Mm-hmm. And I can make a case that Simmons would help them at shortstop. You know, and, and I can make a case for a couple other teams, but I think Angleton Simmons in Cincinnati makes a lot of sense. So maybe that's three. Like J Hap, no. Yeah. I mean, who else? Uh, no, I know. That, that's the problem. Unless you're going to go after that next group. Could. All right, here's one for you. If he remains hot, do you shop Max Kepler? I would shop Max Kepler. Because that one I could, that's a good contract to shop. And that's a more realistic. Now, that, that Ooh, might though. be a winter I, time. I, I could argue the Yankees need a lefty bat. Yeah. He would fit very well in Yankee Stadium. But I think they're a lost cause, too. Well, they're a lost cause. Now, they could look at, hey, he'll help us not only the rest of this year, but True. beyond. But they're up against the luxury tax. So they got to factor that in. You know, so are you giving the Twins them back some money? For the Twins, are you taking back money? So. Uh, Kepler to the Yankees trade gets a little complicated, but yes, to answer your question, 100%. You know, when you've got Larnick and Kirilov and you've got some corner outfield options, and it's pretty easy in the free agent market to find a corner outfielder. Yes, that's not Yeah, bad. I mean, that's I'd have no problem. problem shopping Max Kepler if the return was decent. Final scoops, my man. Eric Curry tweeted this morning, or actually put it on Instagram, 
running this thing back, I'm paraphrasing slightly, one more year. So, like, a lot of us started to think, gosh, is he announcing his return? Like, it seems that way, but it wasn't that forward. And so I just texted with some people over at the, at the Gophers basketball program. Yeah. Eric Curry is back. This is like year six? Uh, well, it's seven, but he missed two with injuries, right? So I guess year six of eligibility. Wow. Because there was a medical redshirt somewhere in there. That might be a record for go for basketball. Yeah. And, I mean, he can help them. They need help in the front court. Now, remember, he announced his retirement. I was on the – after the, the Big Ten tournament loss, was it to Illinois? do not matter who it was, too. But I was on that Zoom where – he said, I'm done. This was it. He got a little emotional. We talked about his favorite memories. Ben Johnson probably called him up and said, don't be done. You can well, play. Ben's his guy. I mean, Ben helped yeah. recruit him, helped land him here. Yeah, They have a nice bond. Eric was set to be a graduate assistant, so he's been around the program the last handful of months since Ben took over. Mm-hmm. So him and Ben talk all the time. Eric had a hand in Peyton Willis coming back here. That's one of Eric's guys. But when Peyton played his one year here a couple of years ago, Eric was hurt. So now Eric can say, hey, he gets to play with his good buddy, Peyton Willis. You know, and we'll find out tomorrow's the deadline for these guys to announce, okay, I'm all in on the draft or I'm going back to college. I saw the Illini kid pulled out today. Yeah, Kofi Coburn. Yeah. yeah. And he'll help somebody like Kentucky wants him. Imagine if he ends up in Kentucky. Kentucky un- wants Marcus Carr, too. By the way, Marcus Carr been asked this a lot. There's a better chance Judd, you'll wear a Gophers uniform this year. That ship sailed so long ago. Really? Marcus Carr was never coming back here mutual. He was ready to move on, and I can promise you, the Gophers don't want Marcus Carr back. Was there acrimony there? Well, let's just say he wasn't the easiest teammate to play with last year. Now, a lot of their success was because of him. I was going to say, he probably didn't think the rest of his teammates were good enough. Yeah, well, so I understand that part of it, but yeah, let's just say there was was friction last year. So I'm just telling you, Marcus was never coming back here, Okay, and the Gophers didn't want him to come back. Dawson Garcia, I, I think Judd ends up back in college. He's taking trips to visit Illinois, North Carolina, Arizona. Marquette is trying, but I think he pulls his name out of the draft. Prior Lake High School, McDonald's All-American, had the one good year at Marquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, tough to handicap, put it this way. I don't think he's going back to Marquette. And the Gophers are trying, but he's not coming to the Gophers. So it'll be one of three. Uh, maybe betting favor-wise, maybe Arizona one, North Carolina two, Illinois three. But if he picks Illinois, I wouldn't be shocked. But I see him back in college. Sterling Manley... The North Carolina big man transfer. That's who the Gophers would love to get. The inclination right now is he's leaning more toward going pro. Now, maybe that's a job overseas or the G League. I don't think he gets drafted, but the Gophers are trying. I would say it's like 60-40 at this point in my mind. So if it's 40 and he ends up back in college, the Gophers absolutely have a shot. But I think he's leaning more toward the going pro route. On Steph Mitchell, the Boston College transfer, the Shakopee native, if he lands back in college... Dutcher's going to get him at San Diego State. So the Gophers are going to swing and miss on that kid. Good player coming from the ACC. Excellent stuff, man. Thank you very much. You got it. Take it easy. Talk to you. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. 
Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.